Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If a person pastors right, the people under the pastor that's doing it God's way should love Jesus, not worship him. They should, they should know Jesus better. If someone's an apostle, there should be work that left under, you know, that, that they began and established and people that are raised up, there should be a body of work that that, that that person is left behind. If someone's speaking for prophetically, people should be benefiting from what they're hearing and, and getting from the Lord. God's giving them insight for a reason. In today's culture, we like to idolize people. We like to obsess over people and turn them into celebrities. The church is not beyond this. Many people idolize, obsess over, and turn pastors into celebrities. But in today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that the mark of a good pastor is not someone who is idolized, but someone who loves the Lord and leads others to love the Lord. The marker of a healthy church isn't a well-loved pastor, but a well-loved Savior. Jesus is the main focus. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. I won't say good to gooder. I know that's not proper, but it's just like they were already in paradise. You know, no, we're not being tormented. It's all whatever it was. It's paradise. Paradise got to be good. But then they go from there to be with him and then forever to be with him. Like that's the that's the lot for the believer. Whatever your life is like today, just going to get better. Right. Whatever it's like today, if it's got trials or challenges, maybe it's going great. Maybe you feel blessed and encouraged and everything else still better to come. One of my favorite verses is 1 Corinthians 2, 9, where eye is not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. God's like, you have, I, I got stuff cooked up for you. You haven't even imagined it yet. Your imagination even ain't even that good, right? For those who love him. And so for believers, we have an amazing hope. And so God says, I, you know, I set captivity captive, um, or I led captivity captive and I gave gifts to men. Um, and so look at verse nine. Now he said, now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. Again, I tend to believe that was him, you know, taking, loosen up everybody from Abraham's bosom. Verse 10, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And one thing that I'm kind of catch, I kept reading this over and over again. And one thing that I want to just point out that we don't miss it or read over it real quick. I want you to see how the emphasis is on Jesus that, you know, we looked at, you know, he's the one that ascended. He's the one that descended. He's the one that died. He's the one that resurrected. He's the one that's giving gifts to men. Um, and here it tells us in verse 10 that he who descended was also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And Christ is wanting to, to just permeate all things. He wants to permeate your life, right? God wants us to come to a place where Christ permeates your entire life. And I'm, I'm pointing this out because I believe that what I see at times, I see people that, that, that Jesus is like a condiment. It's like a part of my life. You know, I got my whole life. I got my whole stuff. But then Jesus is like the ketchup for me. I, I, got, a little, I got a little Jesus in my life. That's, that's you know, I, I got enough. And I just want us to understand that's not what he came to be. He didn't come to be a condiment. He didn't come to be a piece or a part. He wants to be your life. He wants to permeate all of your, and he deserves to be that. He's why you're going to heaven. He's why your sins are forgiven. He's why you have a hope beyond this life. He's, he's everything. And God said, I want to permeate your life. I want to be your everything. 
And if Christ is less than your everything, then you need to readjust your thinking, readjust your theology. You need to reassess your life. Why is he a part of my life when he wants to be my life? And it's a big difference. If Christ is your life, that means that everything that you do, he's considered in everything that you do. Christ is considered in your activities. He's considered in your relationship. It's everything that you're doing is considered. What's, what's he want? Where does he stand with this? Um, and I believe if we live that way, we would be we would glorify him better. And um, we would experience in this life more of what Christ intends for us to experience. And so now verse 11, he says, and he himself gave some to be. And he's going to list uh, a list of offices. Um, I think these are different. There are, there are gifts given out in other places. These are uh, offices within the, the body of Christ. He gave some to be apostles. And we'll come back and go through those. Some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So now we get some specific things, right? We know he gave gifts to men. He says here, now I gave some to be. And he gives out these offices. First one is apostles. And um, I always happen to, to explain this one and clarify it because we got some silly people today, men and women that have taken the uh, office apostle and just done weird things with it. So let me first say, I just want to clear up what I see, the error that I see in the church in general, particularly in the black church. But I, I see that it happens in the Spanish church and otherwise. But what I've seen a lot of times is this, that apostle will mean in some people's fellowship that. You know, the guy was a pastor, and then for a while, the trend became that it was a big deal to be the bishop. That just kind of had a better ring to it, so everybody wanted to be a bishop. And and they packed these things with new meanings. So I'm a bishop, I'm like a pastor over pastors, so now I'm, I'm a bishop. And then when that, that was like, nah, what, what, can, what, what can be bigger than a bishop? I'm an apostle. And these guys were having their own ceremonies where people were coming and apostolizing them, and they were becoming apostles, and and now there's, you know, you could be the, the greater apostle. It, it, it it'll, I don't know what it'll be in 10 years from now, but biblically speaking, the word apostle simply means this. It means sent out ones. And here go the different types of apostles that I see in Scripture. So Jesus had the 12 apostles, right? That'll never be redone. These are 12 men that literally walked with Jesus. They were taught directly by Jesus. They, you know, experienced the miracles of the Jesus while he was with them. And they were authorized by Jesus at the begin the early church. And so here's what was significant about those, those early apostles, the, the Bible's apostles, you know, Peter, James, John, those guys. Jesus ascended back into heaven. And these guys were saying, hey, we're going to we speak with apostolic authority. This is what it means. We're not giving you a message passed down from three or four folks. This is straight from Jesus to us. Jesus entrusted it to us to give it to you guys. We speak with apostolic authority. Interesting that these are the men that wrote much of our New Testament as well. Uh, men with apostolic authority got it directly from Jesus. Uh, a unique one in that is um, the Apostle Paul, because he wasn't part of the original 12. We know that one of the 12 was a fraud. His name was Judas. So he gone. He in hell, you know. And so Paul was Jesus came in his resurrected form, met Paul on the road to Damascus, called him. Paul said, I didn't immediately go confer with flesh and blood or with men. He got the message directly from Jesus supernaturally. And so Paul became an apostle like the others, um, you know, with apostolic authority. He spoke now for anybody today to to want to be seen as these guys. This is the motive, right? 
If Paul said something, it's Paul, whatever he said would go. He's speaking with apples. He got this directly from Jesus. Now, if I showed up next week and said, you guys, the Lord showed up in my bedroom and he gave me some new doctrine and told me I was an apostle. So, Clint, you guys come lay hands on me. You guys don't call me pastor. I'm apostle Bill now. And now I'll be telling you some new stuff. But when I say it, you need to believe it because I speak with apostolic authority. Y'all should all leave and go somewhere else where they teach the Bible. But that's what men are doing today. They want authority beyond what God gives. God doesn't really give me authority. I don't get to give you my message. I'm supposed to break down his word, his word. That's his message to you guys. So that happens today. Um, I believe it's er it's an error. Um, You know, that's that. But but I do believe that there are still men today that God has sent out. And there are still guys today that go out and they plant churches in areas where there were none. And they go out. There's a man. Um, when I was at Calvary Downey, there was a guy named Jeff Fadness. And my pastor had a vision uh, in for, to do something in Russia. Uh, the walls had just come down and there was an openness for Americans to go in and do something. And so they prepared a team. They had some guys commit to go and stay. So this man took his wife, his kids and said, I'm going to go stay. I'm going to learn the language and I'm going to pastor in Russia and see if we can lead people to the Lord and raise up churches. So this guy went out there and gifted man, um, learned the language, pastored a church in Vladimir, started six other churches. So after about seven years, there were seven churches in Russia. Then he began to raise up local men that were going through the Bible college there, raise them up to be pastors. And about 15 years later, when, you know, there were seven healthy churches with Russian pastors, he turned all the work over to the Russians, and he came back to America and did another. Now, that's an apostolic work. There was nothing out there. He went out there, and the Lord used him to establish, 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 train, teach, pastor the pastors. And when it was all done, he stepped out and said, God bless you guys. The Lord's doing the work. Now now the work will continue. My visa's running out. And he went and took over a church in uh, in Idaho, and he's there now ministering. That That's the apostolic sort of work. Somebody that's on the corner that he'd been on his whole life. You've been on the same corner. You ain't been out of town to do nothing but collect an offering. That is not an apostolic work. So I just want us to know the difference because it's, it's sad, but there's, there's, there's some foolery out there today. So do, are we clear? Does that help? Do we understand the difference? So, so there are men today or, and people that may have an, a, a call, a sent out one. And I don't want to diminish the legitimacy of that because there are some silly men and women on street corners calling themselves apostles. There are still people that are sent out establishing works and raising up leaders and pastors to, to you know, continue the work of God. So gave some to be apostles, some prophets. Now, in the Old Testament, we had prophets, but they didn't have the entire, you know, uh, canon of scripture. And so, you know, God would oftentimes there'd be a prophet that would speak the word of God where people didn't know it. And they gave warning. They gave sometimes it was foretelling. Sometimes it was to warn people, let them know what was to come. Um, today, there's still people in the body of Christ that function, that speak. Now, sometimes when you're just saying God's word is prophetic, right? Sometimes if, if I say Jesus is coming back, that's a prophecy. I'm prophesying. Now, I don't need you to call me prophet Bill. You know, I, this, we, this is, we're, we're all privy to this. So you could prophesy. You could speak forth the, the word of God that has been made clear to all of us, and it would be prophetic. But there are people that are gifted um, in, in a prophetic way. And so don't want to diminish that. Once again, it, this is, and this is, um, I, I believe that sometimes 
what the enemy does is counterfeits those things that are legitimate. And it, it, it doesn't, it causes people to doubt, you know? And so when you look back in the old Testament, when, you know, God had Aaron and, and, and he could throw down the rod, what did the enemy do? So I'll, I'll duplicate and I'll cop, I'll copycat works. And so a lot of times what we see the enemy doing is I'm going to copy what the Lord does. And what happens is we look at the copycats. Everybody here has probably seen some phony baloney prophet show up at a meeting and everything they had to say was what everybody wanted to hear. God's going to bless you. New Year's just passed. So, you know, every other church had a prophet come in and tell everybody this, this is going to be your year. You're going to get your breakthrough, your harvest, your this, your that. The same message they said last year. You still broke. You're more debt than you was in. But this year, this is going to be a year. And then, and that's that happens, unfortunately. And so that's not a genuine prophetic ministry. And again, when you look at the, the goal, if someone's going to prophesy or speak forth the word of God in a prophetic way, it should be for the glory of God and for the edification of the body. And I often wonder when I look at a room full of people and you got a legitimate prophet, when you look at the prophets of the Bible, their messages were difficult messages to give. People hated them for their message. It wasn't always poly. Read, I was talking to Clint about Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a G just because, you know, he, he had to keep telling people that God's about to get y'all. You didn't listen. This was going to happen. You know, God said, Jeremiah, they're not even going to listen to you. So ignore their faces. Tell them anyway. Imagine having to go tell people something bad that they don't want to hear. They threaten your life and God's and they're not even going to listen to you. But to be a faithful prophet, you got to go tell them anyway. That was a legitimate prophet, prophetic message. You know, I look at uh, little Samuel. You know, the Lord was anointing him as a little boy and he's in the temple. And what's the first prophecy that Samuel got? Eli, the, 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 the father figure of the house, the you and your son's going to die. That's what the Lord told me last night. That, was that a fun man? He didn't, he didn't come through with the Eli. God's going to, you're going to be the head, not the tail. God's going to bless you. You're going to, he said, man, I, he didn't want to tell him. And he said, Eli said, you better tell me. And he said, okay, well, he, y'all going to die. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what the Lord said, you know. And so I wonder when I look at these prophetic things today, it's like, you know, with a room full of folk, I know it's sin in the house. And if God was going to be speaking for stuff, he's not going to deal with that. You got fornication and homosexuality and drug addiction and everything. God ain't speaking to nothing. He's just going to bless everybody, huh? And so anyway, so once again, that's the illegitimate, but there is a legitimate, right? There, there are people that are gifted and God uses them to speak. And it may be through the teaching of the word. Um, I have been blessed over the years to know people who they just they have a gift, you know, that the Lord speaks to them things, reveals things. They share it. Um, and and I would recognize it as as of the Lord. And so he says, God says, I gave that to the body, you know, and when you look at all the gifts, they should be serving a purpose. Somebody should be benefiting. The body should be edified. God should be glorified. It really shouldn't be about a man. Um, if a person pastors right, the people under the pastor that's doing it God's way should love Jesus, not worship him. They should they should know Jesus better. If someone's an apostle, there should be work that left under, you know, that, that they began and established and people that are raised up. There should be a body of work that 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 person is left behind. If someone's speaking for prophetically, people should be benefiting from what they're hearing and, and getting from the Lord. God's giving them insight for a reason. And so um, gave some to be apostles, some prophets. Then he said, and some evangelists. 
Um, some people that are gifted in the body of Christ, you know, we're all called to do the work of an evangelist. So every believer is called to share the gospel with people. But there are some people that God says this, these people are uniquely gifted in this. It's a gathering ministry. These people are going to be when I I'll use them to gather non-believers into the body of Christ. People are going to be saved. Um, It's a unique thing. It's a a unique gifting and calling and office in the body. But some people have that. Uh, I know some pastors that are just they're pastors and they're gifted evangelists. And so, um, you know, was a guy in San Diego. uh, um, Oh, man, what's his name? Uh, Miles McPherson. And uh, I first heard him just teaching. But I remember I was at Calvary Chapel Downey and, you know, Wednesday night service is about a couple thousand people in that room. And I'm there every Wednesday night. But couple times a year, he would be invited. And whenever he would come, the same group of people were here, but it'd be like 100 people come get saved. And I was like, well, them people were here all the time. And, and my pastor's giving out the gospel and telling people to come and get saved. And this dude shows up and everybody empties the seats. And I'm like, that's a gift. You just can't. I mean, this it just is what it is. It's a, it's a gift. It's an amazing gift, though. Um, that people are somehow God is speaking through this guy in such a way that they're like, I need to get saved. My daughter, Harmony, uh, who we raised up in the Lord. We taught her about the Lord all her life. We shared the gospel with her. She, from my, my experience, she was a little Christian kid. But if you ask her, her testimony, when did you give your life? When did you give your life to the Lord? It was at a freedom celebration when she was a little girl and Miles McPherson preached before the fireworks show and she heard it and got it and said, I want to go up there. And in her mind, that's when I got saved. And I, that, I'm like, but I told you the gospel. <laughs> I, I led you to know that's for her my her testimony that's when it all that's when it clicked for me and that's when I made my own commitment to I praise God for people with that gift in the body and so if you're here and you have that gift may you use it right um, and evangelism works in different ways some people are are one-on-one they're just talking to people and Everywhere they go, they're leading people to the Lord um, conversationally. Um, some people, it's, it's on a larger scale, but God has given to the body people um, with this office. So apostles, prophets, some evangelists. Then he says, and some pastors and teachers. Most people try to, to kind of combine the two. Um, now, you could be a teacher without being a pastor, but you can't be a pastor and not be a teacher. And so, um, you know, pastor, teacher, we usually combine the two because um, if you're if you're a shepherd and your 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 job is the shepherd's role is is unique, right? God's have given shepherds to the body of Christ for a couple things. Um, you tend the body, you care for the body, you love on the body. Um, you, you know, what does the shepherd do to sheep? He feed, he leads them to still waters, he takes them to the good grass, makes sure they're eating good, drinking good, keeps them safe from wolves and everything else. And so, uh, a pastor's ministry is is protection. You guard the body, you look out for wolves, and so. Um, you know, for me, I did high school ministry for many years. So when you got high school kids, wolves typically, you know, it's usually people trying to take advantage of the youngness of those sheep. And so, um, you know, I ran out many a young man that was, I'm like, you ain't in high school no more. What you doing here? Why you still like your teaching? Now you're going to like his teaching in that sanctuary. They would come back and it was like, you know, you have some young men that were scamming on these young gullible girls. And so that was that was a full time ministry of just weeding out, get him out, get him out, stop him at the door. You know, we got snap picture of him. Get ready by all the guys. Don't let him back in here no more. Snap, snap, snap. You know, and that was that was part of the ministry there. Here it's different. You know, um, we warn people. Uh, we will point out false teachings and things like that so that we're we're aware that we're not 
gullible, that we're not we're not being taken advantage of. Um, Pastor Clint, you know, um, Pastor Clint is like a, he's like a Bible answer man for you guys that have interacted with him and talked with him. Um, I think since he's been here, I've always known, I've always seen him and people like, what, what about this? And he's just answering questions and laying things out. This, he's a pastor. Helping, that's part of protecting and guarding the sheep is let me inform you with the truth. Um, in, in contrast to the air, it protects people, keeps them safe from the, the stuff that's out there. And so he said, I gave some to be pastors, teachers. Uh, teachers teach the word of God um, to the body of Christ that people could benefit from the word of God. They can learn it. They can understand it. And so um, that's also a gift that someone could teach in such a way that people can get it. They comprehend it. It's not all over my head. It's not all, you know, it's like, oh, I, now I understand that it was taught to me. And so that's one of the reasons why we gather and we come together for teaching, that we can be taught the word of God together. And so God said, I gave these offices uh, to the body of Christ, verse 12, for this reason, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so God said, the purpose of these gifts, and I want you to pay close attention to the purpose, is for the equipping of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. And as a result, they'll be the body of Christ will be edified for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So here's where the rubber meets the road with that, right? If you're part of a church and you're, you're here, this is your church, you're receiving from the word, you're being taught, you're being, you know, God's ministering to you in all these ways. God says, well, here's the purpose. I'm equipping you. God's equipping you. God equipping me for what? So that you can do the work of the ministry. Um, so that the body of Christ can be edified. And I think the work of the ministry happens in a couple of places. I've often said that when we gather at church like this, it's kind of like a football huddle uh, for those that understand how football teams work. The, the football huddle is, it's a, it happens regularly um, every, in between every play normally, unless they run in some quick offense. And they come together to get some instructions. There's a leader. Who's the leader in the huddle? Quarterback. Quarterback. He's giving out the instructions, telling them this is what we're going to do. Everybody understand? You got to play, clap, and go. That's kind of what we're doing. We're saying, let's get some information. Let's get built up. Let's get encouraged. You know, you might come to the huddle and, you know, it's okay. You just messed up. Somebody slapped you on the back or whatever. And we come together. We're, we're going to be getting encouraged, built up, strengthened, receiving. Them. But we got to go out there and do the work. And so a lot of the work that we're going to do is going to be out there. Some, some of it's going to be here. We should also be edifying one another. Um, and so... This is where, you know, the, the aspect of unity becomes so important into the body of Christ. God said, I want you guys working together. I want you guys to, to come together and figure out who does what. You know, what are your gifts? What, are your, what, what do you bring? What do you have? And if everybody comes together and, and we begin to work together, we become more and more and more effective. Um, that's kind of the challenge. You know, you look at a basketball season will begin. And sometimes you can take all these really talented men. But they, they say they're not gelling yet. You know, it's not, you know, sometimes you, know, you got guys that have egos. And so I don't want to get the ball to him. I want I want to get this many shots off a game. And so you have all these really talented guys that they should be killing everybody. But they're not doing that well because they're not working together. And the body of Christ, that can happen where, you know, guys, if you just backed up, there's all these gifts and abilities among us. But because we're not working together, we're not as effective as we could be. Um, the other thing that happens oftentimes in the body of Christ is that people are content to sit and not do their part. We, we, as we come to the end of the message today, we're going to be taught that everybody's supposed to be doing their part. So some people have learned church culture where you get saved, you go to church and you just sit every Sunday. You check in the I went to church box. 
But that's like going to a football huddle and then going to the bench and then going back to the huddle and then going back to the bench and then go back to the huddle again, get to remember, all right, that was good, that's a good plan, and then go back to the bench. You never do anything to help fulfill what was spoken about in the huddle. Don't let that be you. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of Ephesians is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab or feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we study through the book of Ephesians, has it caused you to think about your relationship with the people around you? Do you love them as Jesus does? Do you treat them as Jesus would? Do you seek to cause strife or do you seek to honor the Lord in your relationships? Paul value unity just as the Lord does. If this is something you wrestle with, you're not alone. And although that may be comforting, it's also important that you strive to live in harmony with those around you. As we continue through this study together, we're praying for you. Would you also be praying for a transforming word? As the message goes out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. Pray for open ears, soft hearts, and changed lives. Thanks for your prayers, and thanks for tuning into to today's edition of A Transforming Word.